Hey, Chris. Hey, Wendell. It's that time. What time is it? Wendell in the wild time. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we haven't been here for a while. It's been a bit. It's been a very hectic summer. Yeah. And summer Um, and fall and we moved offices and... Right. Had to sort of regroup and... Yeah, but it's good. But we did manage to sneak in a little adventure. We did. During which I... totally threw you under the bus. See, I don't really feel that. It was kind of no. fun. I was a little I was a little <laughs> off guard and I was a little unsure and then I thought, ah, oh, what the heck? Let's step outside our comfort zone. So we went, I had the joy um, of meeting a young woman earlier, I guess really last spring because it was still snow in the ground and she was headed out to go fly fishing. She was right. on a fly fishing trip. Right. So Jenny Tatelman from... Um, Fly and Flow, which is based out of Marblehead, and she teaches fly fishing. Her primary market is women, but anybody really can take go on the trips, and anybody can go and participate, which right. I love. Right. But but her her goal is really to sort of bring her passion and to try to involve more women in fly fishing. It's kind of cool, isn't it? Though. Yeah. Well, she said that it's still a very male dominated sport. Yeah, which I have no doubt. Right, but that more and more women are getting involved, and she will take both experienced and new anglers yeah. on these trips. Yep. I mean, like to Belize. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she does local. They go up to the Deerfield River, and and I think they do a couple of other local ones. But yeah, mostly they go to Belize. They go to um, I think it's Montana. Montana. Yeah. And right. I want to say Wyoming, but I can't remember if it was Wyoming. But it's another place, someplace out in, right. in the west. Yeah, they do these fantastic trips, and you know, she said they've been successful. They've had lots of fun and. That's cool. Yeah, I kind of want to go. I know, right? And they love to, I don't want to fish, but no, I, I want to go. go. I want to sit around the table with everybody and tell tall fish tales. Totally. Right? No, totally. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm very passionate about the ocean and about yes. sea creatures, even yes. though I don't fish. So I would really love that part of it. So Jenny, and, and I'm assuming most of the people on the trip, they don't fish for food. Right. They fish for sport. Right. So they're catch and release. Yes. But how do you feel about that? Sometimes Me? Yeah. Personally, I wonder if does that is are we torturing the poor fish out there? Well, I do wonder about yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Because I do think her, I do think her business is great, and I do, I adore her. Yes, uh, yes. But I just personally, I wonder about that. Yes, and she does have. Uh, she's conservation minded. She's very much so. Yeah, she's very clear on what size fish you can and cannot take. Yeah, and she says that she is strictly catch and release because she wants them to go out. Yeah. Make more fish. Procreate. For healthy populations. Keep everything going. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really different kind of philosophy. It is. And she and and to talk to her just you know, you'll you'll hear her in a few minutes. I mean, she just her passion is clear. Oh, it's this. amazing. Yeah. 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 I never knew there was so much it's an art. It really is. Well, I think of the movie, what is it, The River Runs Through. Oh yes. And, um, that's right. what I always go back. When right. I, somebody mentions fly fishing, I, I always go back you think to of that, that movie. Right. Yes. And Tom Skerritt and what was it Brad Pitt, right? Out there oh, in, the, yes, in the river. Right. And um yeah. And it's so it's beautiful. It's yeah. so beautiful to watch it is. them do it. And it was fun to try it. I mean, I'd never I fished as a kid, but nothing serious. You know, I would just go out there and let it roll and stuff. But it's not about it's not about strength. It's not about 
about power. Right. It's about, you know, using that sort of whip action. Yes. Um, to, to generate the speed. And it was, it was cool. It was and, really, it was fun. And what surprised me was, well, two things. Number one, I really enjoyed the sounds. Yes. I enjoyed the sound of the reel yep. and the sound of the line as it was going yeah. out. That was really neat. But also she talked about how the fly being in the water helps create the tension as you pull the rod back. Yeah. And then it gives you more when you go to throw it out again. Yeah. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, there's, there's really, like everything, there is so much more science and art behind it than you think. Right. You know, I'm just like, wow, I never really thought about that, that, that there was that much to think about. Yes. When you do it. But yeah, it's cool. And it the flies. Really cool. Yeah, she, um, she had some beautiful flies. And I've seen some crazy, intricate, I mean, that's a whole talent in itself. Right. I have a buddy, um, kid who grew up next door to me, Jeff He's a fisherman out of, he's a lobsterman and a fisherman out of um, Swampscott Marblehead. And he ties the most beautiful flies. Right. And it was something he picked up, you know, in his, I don't know, he probably started doing it when he was 19, 20, early Oh, isn't that great? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. he was just like, he doesn't even, I don't even know how much he uses flies, but he just likes to tie uh, them. Right. <laughs> yeah. And they're really beautiful. And each one is for, uh, it was interesting when she said each color was for you know, attracted different kinds of fish. Different kinds of fish. And That's I love right. The fish that like are attracted to the bright pink ones. Right. Because the why? mahi. Because how much was attracted to the chartreuse? I yeah. think she said. Like how much bright pink is there under the ocean that they would be attracted to that? Right. Right. <laughs> well, also fish see colors differently probably than we do. Oh, okay. Their vision may be different. That's I don't true. know I the details of that. that, but the flies. Each fly is made to look like a prey fish. Yes, which is fascinating since they use right? like feathers and yeah. all that kind of stuff. So you enjoyed the experience. I did. Even though I, I threw you under yeah. the bus. <laughs> I was like, whoa, sh- sh-. I'm like, and here you go. And you could try. And you were like, no, 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 I'm good. I'm like, <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, I guess I have no choice then. <laughs> Just wait. That means I get to throw her under the bus next time. And who knows what oh, that might goodness, be. Oh, goodness. <laughs> that's right. Oh, my. Well, okay. Well, we'll we'll find out, I guess, in that's the future. Right. I don't mind being the adventurous one. <laughs> it was so, fun. so let us take you on a little adventure now with Jenny Tatelman at Riverhead Beach in yes, Marblehead, Marblehead, talking about fly fishing. And then stick around because we're coming back at the end to tell you about some related events that are coming up. Awesome. Jenny, give us a sense just briefly for our listeners who do not know how you get into this business, fly fishing. Sure thing. So I am um, an angler. I started fly fishing in 2009, um, so about 10 years now, I grew up here on the North Shore of Marblehead, Massachusetts, and um, it's really a beautiful place to fly fish and fall in love with the ocean, which is what I did from an early age. When you go fly fishing, what species of fish, generally speaking, are you are you going for? So around north of Boston, up here in the North Shore, we generally target striped bass. We just call them stripers around okay. here, yep. and occasionally... <laughs> Um, We'll have some bluefish that'll come through kind of later in the season. So we fish about early May, um, if we're lucky, with an early start through mid-October. That's a full, full season for us. And in between then, we'll get some bluefish that'll pass through. Last season was very rare. We had some bonita show up, which is uh, more of a southern species fish, which was pretty cool. But most often when I fish kind of during the mornings or during the sunset, I'll be targeting striped bass and they are native to the East Coast area. My understanding is that most of the time you're not taking the fish, or you do, or it depends on the person. 
It depends on the person. Okay. However, you know, it's just growing in terms of conservation for the ocean and for these species. So okay. myself personally, I strictly practice catch and release. Okay. Um, it's really important for me to return them back to their homes and so that they can grow, you know, larger and healthier um, and have a full life ahead of them. So right. it's a quick, you know, take them out of the water and return them as fast as possible. You want to keep them out as, as, as least as possible and you want to wet your hands before you touch the fish. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. And why, uh-huh. why is that? It's just, it's kind of like the in-between barrier from like the, your human hand, you know, gripping, oh, okay. gripping yeah. the fish right. itself. Yeah. yeah. Right. So right. it's just kind of, um, kind of nicer for the fish to be handled with a wet hand. And so if you're not catching the fish to eat them, some of our listeners are going to go, what's the point? Right. So what, so... Yeah, so, what is it about fly fishing? You obviously love it. Yeah. So. Well, I, first, to, to go back on that, I will say there is a size limitation to when you can keep a striped bass, okay. and that's yes. at 28 okay. inches. Okay. So anything under 28 inches, you have to release. Okay. Anything above 28 inches, you can keep. Again, myself personally, I just do catch and release, but it's definitely not about keeping and eating them for me. I just love kind of this endless pursuit of fly fishing there's always things to learn there's always different species to catch different places to travel epic days really slow days that you still find appreciation for being outdoors so it's just kind of this overall yeah (laughs) but (laughs) truly you know it's it's endless I mean it's just like it's this it's this addiction that uh everyone shares as their passion for fly fishing and it's just kind of like once you start there's really no stopping. <laughs> so where where do you, where do you go? Like, where's your favorite place to go? Necessarily North Shore. Yeah. Anywhere. I mean, I've been really fortunate to travel to some really cool places. I learned to fly fish from my father, so I've tacked on to a bunch of his really cool destination trips. <laughs> Fortunately, that's probably ending soon now that I'm married. But I've been able to travel <laughs> to Belize, which was beautiful, oh, wow. um, with him, and we targeted bonefish. And that's just, you know, open waters, endless turquoise ocean. And, you know, you just feel like the size of a peanut when you're swallowed by this ocean there. And it's just this cool, beyond catching the fish, it really is just the experience itself that draws me to fly fishing so much. So I would say Belize is up there with uh, one of the most beautiful places and exciting uh, species that I've targeted before. But I do love fishing around here. Do um, Do you tie your own flies? I go through phases. Okay. Um, there's some people who I swear, like they love tying flies as much as they love yeah. fly fishing. I'm not one of them. My husband's really into it, and since I do work at Postfly and they're a fly fishing company, sure. I do have an endless uh, ability to grab what I need, which is awesome. So my fly box is certainly full, but I have tied flies in the past, and again, I go through phases. Yeah, um, it's funny because I have a friend who, who who is a fisherman, but not necessarily a fly fisherman. But he loves tying yeah. flies. Yeah. I, I came across... He has them all over the place. <laughs> yeah, they're honestly such a piece of artwork. Yeah, um, They're it really so is. intricate. Mm-hmm. It's, it takes a lot of time. But, you know, some of the... I brought my fly box here today. A lot of them, you'll see, are just so detailed. And they're really beautiful. Sometimes I'll get a fly, and I think it's too pretty to fish. I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to use that one. <laughs> you know, it's like... Oh, we just targeted mahi the other day, like out of Block Island. And um, mahi love really, really like bright chartreuse and bright pink flies, and they're so cool looking. And 
my husband tied a bunch of them the night before we went out and I was like I don't want to use it it's too cool <laughs> but we did and it was a successful trip uh, good yeah it was cool it was really cool so so they go after di- so different flies for different fish totally. exactly okay different flies for different species basically around for striped bass you want to imitate the bait fish that they're eating so you'd okay. make a fly that looks like a mackerel okay. um, or looks like peanut bunker so yeah you're just trying to interesting yeah so that's another whole facet you got to learn exactly about. so okay. beyond really kind of picking up with the fish for sure i mean reading the waters is really important to learn when you're starting to fly fish okay you know your basic 30 foot cast is a great start but beyond that it's figuring out what the fish are eating I call it fly ADD sometimes. I'm, like, constantly changing my fly. <laughs> I don't know if you can keep that in or not, but, like, it's just... I think a lot of people have that in them. Um, once you figure out... It's called matching the hatch. So once you figure out what they're eating, you kind of okay. stick with that. But I'm constantly kind of rotating through my fly box and trying to figure out what they're eating. Sometimes you can see it, um, you know, right below you in the ocean. But yeah. Now, I should say that my only experience with fishing was um, my grandfather fished quite a bit he had a boat uh-huh. so he would take me out he would get the rod all set up in fact I just had one of those things that you drop it in and it has the two little like a little tree yeah it was like a little tree it wasn't even a real rod it had a little handle at the top okay it was I don't know if I know what that is that's what he gave me <laughs> okay was, you know for catching flounders so he would set it all up we would drop it in I would hold it until I felt a bite yeah pull it up and that was it that was the extent of my fishing yeah so I know nothing about tying flies yeah or anything like that so even the pole is very different and the pole is very different so while you're getting this ready sure getting your pole set up to give us a little demonstration just tell us a few things about that process sure so um with fly fishing there's really a lot of finesse that goes into it and you know that's what makes it kind of different than just like casting out a worm or casting out a lure okay but um there's a lot of timing and rhythm that goes into loading a fly rod okay so again when you start fly fishing um for saltwater specifically a great goal is to try and figure out a 30 foot cast and it's common for people to want to use their muscle, their arm, their wrist, you know, but really it's about the rod doing the work um, okay. and the line working in harmony with the rod. Okay. I'm stepping on this. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of finesse that comes to fly fishing. And I don't know if you've ever watched anyone cast or anything, but it's truly beautiful. Yeah. Okay. You know, it's, it's beautiful from the presentation of the fly to the fly itself. Um, now the, the line that you're now. using, yes, is this different than if you were going to fish for flounder out in the ocean? Um, is it a different type of line? Like I've honestly never fished for flounder before, but okay. they're a bottom species fish, right? Yep. So yep. yeah, this would be this is a still a sinking line. Okay. So I can get this fly line down to you know about thirty feet comfortably, okay. yep. but I wouldn't be able to fish like the bottom of the ocean with it. Um, and there's different lines lines for fly rods for different species that you're targeting um, in different scenarios. So if I wanted to fish like top water around yeah. here, so the stripers would be crashing the surface, and I would use like a popper fly, I put on a completely different line. It's called a floating line. Okay. Um, and yep. that would just uh, not have the fly line sink as fast as okay. something like this that I'm using or that I'm putting on right now. So I'm going to tie a fly on. 
Awesome. This was this mahi fly that my husband died that I thought was just so beautiful. And I didn't want to throw that one. I also think this one's gorgeous and I didn't want to throw that one. But this, for example, is something that I would fish around here. Um, and you'll see that looks identical to a mackerel. Okay. Have you ever seen a mackerel? Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's supposed to um, imitate what a mackerel looks And what like. is this made of? It's, it's de- it depends. I mean, it's like pheasant tail. Um, it's kind of a lot of different feathers. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah. It's something called flashaboo is these things right here. So all flies are kind of made out of different material. Okay. Um, but you'll see something like this. This is a shrimp pattern. I thought this was the best. Crab thing. pattern. This is something that you'd fish the top water with. This is a popper here. So yeah. Now generally is... speaking, do you do you recover the fly when you catch the fish? Yes. You do? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you can use it again? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're they're uh it's a great hobby to learn how to tie a fly because purchasing flies is not cheap, so it's hard yeah, you don't want to lose them. them. Okay. Really yeah, they can be okay. like so I'm just right. going to tie this on here. So learning your knots, too, as an angler that's just starting out for fly fishing is really important. Yeah. okay. A common mistake when you're learning is just to have a knot that's, you know, you don't... It's the worst feeling to lose a fish on a knot that you didn't tie properly. So oh, it's really okay. important to just figure out your knots when you're starting out. Now, for us old folks, not to mention me, yes. who have arthritis, <laughs> this might be a tough process. Honestly, when it's no. cold out, no, it's so hard. And this line here, since um, this is like a 2X, this is called tippet here. Okay. So they change in sizes based on species that you're fishing for. So okay. when I fish for trout in freshwater, I'll right. use about 5X, which means that this line is much thinner and much more fine. Okay. And when you try and tie that in like the dead of winter when you're fishing, I mean, yeah. it's very, And I've seen pictures of fishing right. in the snow. I, I, oh, I, I fish yes. any time of year. <laughs> Any time of year. Oh, that is great. Yeah. So I'm just tying a tuna knot here. Um, hold on. That's a tuna knot. Okay. I'll take your word for it. So I want to make sure it's nice and tight, and I give it a little bit of space here, and that allows the fly to have a little more movement in the water, and it just makes the fly look more realistic. Okay. um, And as, like, a bait fish would naturally act. Okay, gotcha. So when this is in, once I've casted this out, you retrieve the fly with something called a strip, mm-hmm, and that's mm-hmm. supposed to make this fly again look like it's alive and attract the fish to it. Okay. Yeah. There's honestly there's so much to learn when it comes to fly fishing. It's endless. <laughs> it was a lot of details. It's endless. A lot of details. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So now, do you primarily do saltwater or freshwater, or do you do a mix? I do a mix now. You do. Um, when I started from the beginning, you know, this was in our backyard, so I really started. With saltwater, okay. um, and over the years, my passion and expansion for species that I'm interested in catching has grown. So I don't even know if I could, you know, give you an honest opinion of which one I prefer anymore, which okay. is really cool. Yeah, but I'm still, I would say, more experienced when it comes to saltwater fly fishing, right. and it's great to continue to learn. Okay. Um, so I'll keep you on my left side. I okay. Think. All right. I'll go wherever you need me to. One of the things you learn about fly fishing is that. Line management is extremely important, and you'll find, like, your fly will get tangled on anything and everything it can. Okay. Including seaweed, including cleats on a boat, shoelaces. I love fishing (laughs) without shoes because then you can actually feel if you're stepping on the line. So, look, like, if there's even any bit of seaweed on this, 
yep. a fly won't be interested. Okay. So you really want to make sure that the fly is clean, okay. that, it, um, that it's presented properly. So okay. I'm guessing fly fishing in the ocean has got to be a bit more of a challenge, especially on a day like this where it's kind of windy and... It is. Um, then the challenge of winds. Yeah. You have the challenge of like... Uh, the tides. The tides and a lot of times we'll fish out um, from a boat and you know you're being rocked around when sure. you're standing on the bow but it's a great way to learn because it's almost like if you can learn while you're being tossed around in the ocean you're going to be yeah, okay in that. other places yeah, it's going to be a piece of cake when you <laughs> yeah. get to a stream yeah. somewhere yeah. <laughs> flying flow is which is based in Marblehead yeah flying flow is based in Marblehead it's, pur- its purpose is to teach women how to fly fish and really just connect women on the water it's crazy how quickly you get to know someone and feel connected to someone with just a few hours on the water as opposed to just sitting next to them at a desk. So it really just quickly brings people together and bonds you. And it's, you know, it's a male-dominated industry. I've never figured out why. <laughs> it's definitely grown over the years. More women are coming into the sport. And, and honestly, it's a really tight-knit community for women that are involved in it, which right. is really cool. Because okay. like you said, it, it's not about strength and brawn and whatnot. Yeah. It's, it's about finesse. It so is. it is interesting. It is. That it's, women about, really... it's about timing. It's about yeah. patience, persistence. Um, and we all have that. Yeah. So, yeah, Fly and Flow, is, it's been amazing to meet some women in town that I, you know, I never would have met had they not been interested to learn. I've been doing some uh, casting clinics over at Dever Beach, cool. which has been which has been cool. And and what's really awesome is I'll meet these women, we'll go on these trips, we'll get to know each other and, and become supportive. And then they're still, you know, following up with me for fish that they're catching and and wanting me to like hear all about their adventure and journey. <laughs> and I am so happy for them, truly. That's awesome. That's you know, great. I feel like I started this. It's a community. Yeah, it is. I started this because I, I wanted to just teach people and share my passion, but it's become so much more of like just meeting other women that I want to support in their fly fishing journey. So awesome. it's cool. That's it really great. Is. Yeah. So what are some of the trips you've taken? You've gone to some... So um, in May, we went to fish the Madison River, which is in Montana, and it's a very well-known fly fishing kind of mecca. Cool. And it's pretty cool because some of the women on that trip had never picked up a fly rod before. So they wow. went from never touching okay. a fly rod to the mecca of the fly yeah. fishing world. Wow. <laughs> Huge extremes. <laughs> and it was so successful for every woman there. And um, awesome. it was so cool. You know, the lodge was beautiful. It was right along the river. The, the food was incredible. A lot of the trips that I've designed are for women to get into the sport and to learn and at any level. But, you know, it's about the overall experience as well so it's about okay. sitting down at dinner after a full day and yeah. talking about your fish the fish that you right. caught or the fish that you Tall lost fish yes. so it's you know it's really about the full experience rather right. than just you know netting a fish yeah I do some local trips to the Deerfield River mm-hmm. um, out in Western Mass those have been some really tough days um, but some really awesome days. And I think a lot of the women have learned, you know, a lot about themselves and just how strong that they are. I mean, we had a day in March that was sideways rain, 40 degrees. I was like, you do not need to go out. You know, it's, it will, we'll find another time. And they stuck it out and it was, it was epic, That's but I couldn't great. believe it. I couldn't believe it. You know, I'm crazy. I'll fish in anything, but everyone right, else right. is not like that. Right. And she doesn't necessarily expect you guys. All I don't crazy. have, yeah, I don't have expectations for others to do that too. What I try to do is if you are new to fly fishing and 
you're within reach. I try and set up enough casting clinics beforehand so that you're comfortable enough before you get out, out there and it's not entirely new. You know, make it. That's cool. Yeah. No, have you ever done it? No. Fly fishing? No. Well, can can you, you give, give her a, a little mini lesson here? For sure. We're gonna we're setting Chris up for a little mini lesson here. <laughs> I just I, I just nominated you. her. Yeah, I'm just gonna say I thought you were gonna be the one to try this. No, nope. we're gonna try. I'm All putting right. you in the hot seat All today, right. Chris. Right. Let me put this down before so I, yeah, just so I don't drop it. The battery yep. is pretty yep. much dead on it. So, so. why did you stand on your right And that sound means it's time for events. <laughs> That's right. What's going on? Do we have any fishing events going on in the area? Well, we actually do. Awesome. I don't know if you've heard of Trout Unlimited. I, did, I haven't. Okay. So I believe it's a national organization, but there is a Northeast chapter okay. of Trout Unlimited. They have a meeting coming up on October 7th that has a speaker talking about fly fishing. Oh, there you go. Yes. And there's a, a dinner and there's a, a nominal yeah. cost to it. But you can check it out at TU for Trout Unlimited, Northeast, N-O-R-E-A-S-T dot org. Cool. And then also, um, not necessarily fishing related, but the Ipswich for Wildlife Sanctuary in mm-hmm. Topfield has a full moon paddle, and that is coming up on October 15th. Oh, that'd be beautiful. Yes. Yeah. And then, of course, Jenny yes. hosts free casting clinics, I think. Yeah, she has casting clinics, and she'll do lessons and and trips, and she's I don't and know what trips, she's got right. anything planned. I don't know when her next trips are, are planned, but you definitely check out her website. Yep. It's uh, Fly and Flow is the name of her business. Yep. Flyandflow.net yeah. is the, the website. I don't have any fishing related events, but it is that time of year. It's that Halloween it fall. Is. So, yes. you know, there's great things to get out there and do to do with your family. I mean, apple, apple season is kind of, we're waning on that. It's kind of passing. There's probably still some local... Um, where you can go pick your own. But Connor's Farm has their maze up and running. And so if you've never done the corn the corn maze, you should go to Connor's Farm. Right. Because it's just fun. It's right. just goofy. And they, I think they have night hours too. So you might want to check that out. Okay. You can do it with a flashlight, which I think might be a little too freaky for me. I'm not sure if I could do that. <laughs> Actually, I would. It would be fun. Um, we, But we've done the maze there every year and it's always fun. And they have tons of other stuff. There's the cow train and the barn, the silo you can check out. And there's the squirt guy things and there's just a ton of stuff it's a great place to go and spend an afternoon with your family nice and marini farms on the on october 19th and 20th um will have trick-or-treat hay rides oh marini Marini farm is um linebrook road in ipswich connor's farm is third is 30 valley road in danvers and you can just google them and find their websites because i wasn't smart enough to write them down and marini also has uh, a corn maze Okay, I wasn't sure if they did. So yes. you can do their corn maze. Yes. And they both have pump- they have pumpkin patches. I know yes. at least um, Connors has a pumpkin patch, so you guys can go up and pick your own pumpkins. Yes. And they have cider donuts, which are totally worth the trip just for those. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, that's right. So yeah, this is the perfect time of year to get out there with your family and, and just be outside because it's gorgeous. Yes. Awesome. Enjoy and... We'll be back. We'll see you next time. Yes, get out there in the wild and enjoy. And we will see you next time on Wendell in the Wild. I'm Chris Stevens. I'm Wendell Waters. Take care. Bye-bye.